promise. Good morning. It's so good to see you. I'm back amongst the living. I had the flu, uh, but I am much better. I am not contagious, all those other things. That's why I stayed away from the masses last week. Uh, we are started a, a new series uh, last week on the buckets, and you'll see we've got buckets that we're going to be looking at each week. And so I want to go ahead and get my buckets down because we're going to talk about these a lot. Now last week, we talked about a spiritual bucket. And this one's important because all the other ones benefit if that one stays full. Am I right? So how it should work. But today, we're going to add one. That one's going to go away here in a little bit, but this one I want to draw your attention to because this is the physical bucket. And I've, I've, I'm 55, and there's just certain things you can't do at 55 that you used to do at 20. Am I right? Let me back up. That you shouldn't do. Now, you know, that's how, that's how it is. But I've also grown up in church, and I know that church life is notoriously bad about helping you stay healthy, because we like to eat. Am I right? I don't know. I mean, I think that when we get to heaven, there's going to be this gigantic buffet of, of, of chicken, fried chicken, Lilo's rolls, dessert, and some sort of funeral casserole. That's heaven. Am I right? Some of you are like, yes, it is. <laughs> and so we've been, we started this idea about uh, buckets because buckets, even though you would all agree with me that a spiritual bucket, taking care of yourself physically, how you manage your time and relationships should be a significant emphasis for us. And we talked about this last week that social media creeps in and, and, and becomes one of our bigger buckets. What we just, hours of TV watching or video games or hobbies or work or school or just idle time, whatever those things, these little buckets become really big buckets and we don't mean for them to and that, that's not our intent but they end up becoming those things and instead of it being a small thing in our lives, it becomes a very large thing in our life. And so these things represent, and let me just tell you, I could probably fill up a lot of other buckets. Some of you are caregivers. You give care to a, a spouse or a parent or a child, and that, get, that, that requires a lot of time. And right now, that's your biggest bucket, and there's not much you can do about it. But it is for a season. It's not for forever. And so we're going to talk about this idea of a physical bucket, because I think that we were meant to honor God with our lives, with our bodies. And so Bob Goff, he said this quote, it's on your insert if you've got your Bible, if you've got your insert there. While you're doing that, go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 because that's where we're going to camp here for a little bit. But he says, we become in our lives what we put in our buckets. And that seems like a duh statement, but the more, the more you put into your spiritual life, the outflow of that is going to be healthier in all the other areas of your life, whether it's relationships, time, and physical. 
And so I'm going to pull the spiritual one back for now because we're going to focus on this one. But I think you need to understand that your spiritual bucket is really important. And we're going to, I'm going to remind you of that here in a second because there are lots of verses. Paul, Paul, Paul liked athletic kind of stuff and we kind of see it sprinkled through many of his writings that he did that. But we're going to, before we get there, how many of you know somebody who's lazy? And don't look at the person to your left or your right. You're going to be in really big trouble. Okay? All right? So I decided to, just to kind of play with this idea of laziness. I found some photos. Not of y'all, so don't panic. Unless this is you, then you're in big trouble. So here's my first one. <laughs> L- let me just ask you, could this go wrong? Okay, just, just, I, just me, could this go wrong? How about this one? Some of you are going, what? That's a teenager. Now, I, some, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, that's pretty inventive. He doesn't have to move his hands. Eventually, he's going to have to move somehow to get those Cheetos to his belly. So, matter of fact, they're already there. No, 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 that's another statement. Okay, here's one of my favorites. I get the escalator if you need it for because you're handicapped or you've got physical limitations. Now, here's what I do know, because I go to the DRC. There are people that will drive the parking lot looking for the closer spot. <laughs> Some of you are laughing because you're like, I'm just amazed. They're like going, there's no parking. I'm like, you're going to a fitness center. Do the math. Okay. That one's just kind of funny because those guys, oh, here's my other favorite one. Come on, honey, just get off the Segway and walk your daughter. Let let me again, could something wrong go go bad here? Could something bad go wrong here? Is that right? Yeah. This could go bad. This could go bad. She could flip, she could fall, uh, some sort of malfunction, and then goes way too fast. Okay, how about this next one? (laughs) It looks like fun. But you're in a chair holding a paper and your dog is getting exercise. Something is going to go badly here. I'm just telling you. All right. How about this one? Uh, the, the worker decided that there was a limb in his way. You can't really see that as well. But instead of moving the limb, he just painted around the limb. It would have taken a second just to move it so that would be a... How many of you OCD people are just going crazy right now? That line is not there. That line, you'd be like, give me some turpentine. We're fixing that line right now. Okay, I think this is my favorite one. Okay, they bought the doorstop, but instead of taking it out of the package, they just put it in the door. Now that is laziness. I'm just saying. You couldn't even take it out of the wrapper. I would be in so much trouble. Oh my word, I'd be in so much trouble. Is that my last one? Okay. So just a little, it's funny because people who, um, laziness, we can picture in our minds, work ethic, or they don't do stuff. They don't take care of the way that things that they should, all that kind of stuff. But uh, when I was in high school, um, my parents came up with this brilliant idea. They, they bought me a hide-a-bed for my room. Now, which is really awesome. You know why? It's because as a teenager, that's the easiest thing to make. I mean, think about it. 
All you got to do is kind of get the blankets in and go bloop, 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 pillows, and you're done. Now, it sounds good on paper, and it, it gave me a lot more room in my, in my bedroom, which was awesome. But I remember one day when I was, it was, we were, it was, we were, I don't think it was a, a sophomore, junior, and I didn't even make that. I didn't even have the energy to push that up and into its thing, which would take me all of about 10 seconds. And my mom was like, you can't even make a hide a bed? I'm like, mom, I'm out of school. I mean, it's tough. It's, it's summertime is tough. Right, teenagers? Yes, summertime's tough on those kids, man. You, you got to get up at some point. I, I, it, but it, laziness kind of comes to us in waves. And I, let me just tell you, there are points where you need to just not do anything. I, I had the, I was sick last week. And Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I was home and resting. And, but every ounce of my fiber was like, I need to get up. I need to get going. We need to get this day started. And my body, my mind was saying that. But you know what my body was saying? No. No, we're not doing that today. We're resting today. And my, my mind was like, no, I got stuff to do. I got to boom, boom, boom. And my, but my body was going, no, we're staying home. And I stayed home and got better. But this idea that we should be taking care of our bodies is important. There's a lots of biblical mandates for that. It's not like Danny's just coming up with stuff. L- let's take a look a little bit here. I want to go back to what I said last week out of Romans 12, 1. 12, 1. He says, Paul said these words, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He says, your bodies ought to be a living sacrifice. Now, we're not talking about looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger or some fancy mom. We're talking about taking care of what God's entrusted to you. Okay? Taking care of what God's entrusted to you. Look at what else Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. He says, do you not know that you're, you're God's temple? And that God dwell, the God's spirit dwells in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy. And I love this. And you are that temple. Have you ever thought about that? That you are God's temple? That when you enter into a relationship with God, that God dwells with you and that you are a temple representing Christ. Just chew on that for just a second. Because Paul says, again, let me read these words to you. He says, do you not know that, that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run in such a way to obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an, an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box or beat the air, they beat the air but... I discipline my body and keep it under control. At least after preaching to others, I myself should not be disqualified. See, there's something, Paul is giving us lots of mandates that we are to take care of this thing that God has given us. We got this one body. We got this one body that God is saying, honor me with it, take care of it. And he's not talking, I mean, you can, certainly you can talk about weight loss. Certainly you can talk about lots of other things. But let me just tell you, God wants you to honor him with your body. The way, what you put into it, what you give out. He wants you to take care of this one body you've got. And I think it's important for us to think, am I taking care of what God's entrusted to me? And and that's important for us. And the, the reason that Paul, is what we're going to read here in just a moment is this, is simply this. The church at Corinth was rapidly losing its testimony. 
the church was rapidly losing its temples. As fast as the church was growing, all of a sudden they were adding in crazy stuff. Prostitution was part of the worship experience. And Paul was like, no, no, that is not to be part of worshiping God. And he was trying to emphasize that your body is a temple of God. When you enter into a relationship with Christ, that you're honor him with, with your life. So let me ask you a question. A relation to the idea that your body is a temple. What comes to mind when you hear your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Think about that. What comes to your mind when you think the body is a temple to God? Just chew on that for a second. That when you entered into a relationship with God, that means that God dwells with you and in you. And then the things that, the things that you allow in, can that affect that temple? Absolutely can. I, for many of my years in ministry, I was a youth pastor. And one of the tragic, flawed thinking that I had was, if I'm going to hang out with students, i got to eat like students. You know, let me just tell you, that works when you're 20. It doesn't work when you're 40. And so, you know, I'd go out with the kids and we'd go get pizza. We'd go to burgers. And I mean, let me just tell you, you can't eat like that anymore. Am I right? Let me back up. You shouldn't eat like that anymore. There's a reason why all kids eat like they got tapeworms. Because they just eat. And they don't gain any weight. And you look at them. Think back to when you were that age. And it's interesting because Paul is saying, you take care of what, what's been entrusted to you. You got this one body. Do something well with it. Take care of what goes in. How you handle stuff. I, I remember talking to a, a doctor um, when I was in Emporia. And he said something very sobering to me about our physical bodies. He said, Danny, he said, I can get a pill for anybody who doesn't want to take care of their bodies. And he, I said, what do you mean? He said, if you want to eat really poopy, there's a cholesterol pill. If you want to eventually be a diabetic because you just don't want to care about your diet, there's a shot or a pill or both for you waiting. If you don't want to, if you don't want to, if you want to ignore your blood pressure, there's medicine for you. He said, there's a pill to remedy any of that. And I, and he goes, some pills you just have to take. Like I take a, I take a high blood pressure medicine. Part of it's because it's hereditary. That's just the way my, that's the way it is. Okay. I can't do much. I can still, I have a part in that, but I, I can't, some things I can't do anything about. I take a blood thinner because I had a stroke about seven years ago. And I take that, I'll take that probably for the rest of my life. And those are things that are out of my control. But when, when I had a season of really, when I was really navigating my heart stuff, I was taking eight pills a day. And the doctor said something very sobering to me. He said, these two pills, you don't have any say over. But the other six you do. And he goes, you have a choice. Do you want to spend the rest of your life taking pills? Or, do you, or, or are you going to lose some weight, eat a little smarter, get some more rest, get some exercise? And when your doctor looks at you and hands you a... You know, let me just tell you, when you're in your 40s and your doctor goes, here, you're going to need a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday thing. I was like, I'm not ready for that. And I, I was like, I don't want to do that yet. And there might be a point where I, I'm going to do that. But if I have some say about that kind of stuff in my life, man, I'm going I'm to pull it back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what God's asked me to do. 
And the physical part of it is really important for us. If you want to, if you want to do stuff for the kingdom of God, if you want to live well for God, is think about, am I taking care of my physical bucket? Am I getting reasonable sleep? Or am I binge watching TV? Or am I on the internet? Or am I playing video games? Why am I so tired? Think about the things, things you eat or the things you don't eat and take your pick. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not a dietitian, but I've learned a lot about this journey. So think about your body as a temple, how you handle it, how you take care of it, how you maintain it really matters. So look at, let's look at what Paul says here for just a few minutes. We're, all, we're not reading a lot of verses. We're just reading eight verses. But there's, like last week, there's a lot of teeth in those things. Verse 12 says this. And we're kind of jumping into this midstream because Paul is, is, is witnessing that what, what should be happening in the temple of God is dishonoring God. That he sees prostitution. He sees they're adding a bunch of things and they're, they're, they're de- devaluing what authentic worship looks like. Verse 12 says this, says, all things are lawful for me. That means all things, I can, he goes, I can do some things. I, I'm allowed to do this. Like I used to think, uh, you know, pizza buffet is lawful, but is it beneficial? Not every time. Now I, I'll tell you, I'll eat pizza once a week. I love pizza. That's one of my favorite things. But it's, it, I can't do it every day. I can't, and I, nor should I. Uh, it says, but all things, Paul says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Not everything that we put in our, our bodies, the things that we do, they're not necessarily beneficial. The things that we allow in, the things that we withhold ourselves from, not everything that we do sh- is, is good. And Paul is saying, look, every, I, I, you can do what you want, but man, not everything is beneficial for, for you. All things are lawful for me, but I am, I will not be dominated by anything. Have you noticed people who are obsessed about exercise? Exercise is great. It's valuable and it's important, but I've known people that have made it God in their life. Or they're so obsessed about eating, whether it's bad or good, they, that, that, that's the next point is what, what can you, what's the next thing? Paul is saying, don't let anything dominate you. Don't let anything become more important than God. And he's, he's building this case because he sees the people that they are, they are, they're adding elements to worship that are ungodly and unbiblical and they're just outright sinful. He says, those things can't be a part of this. You may, you may be able to do this, but you shouldn't do this. And this is one of the things I know, and I wrote this down. God-given appetites can and are twisted from their original design. God-given appetites are good. They're, I mean, all of us, how many of you are hungry right now? Just be honest. Okay, okay, good. I'm hungry. I, I, my cereal was a long time ago. But I'll eat here in a little bit. But appetites are good. They, they, they are necessary. God created them. But somehow they get twisted into ugly things. They get unhealthy. Desires for the opposite sex is is a good thing, but they get twisted and they get ugly. And Paul is going to talk about that here in just a moment. Verse 13 says this. It says, food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. That makes sense. And God will destroy one, both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality. See, he was trying to tell people at Corinth, 
Your body was meant for more than what you're, what you're partaking in. That to dishonor God by sexual immorality and in making it part of worship is blasphemous. It's, it's an insult to God that somehow we're, man, we're, we're putting that into this and, and we're putting it part of the physical. It's, it's a funny thing that people talk about when they, when they have inappropriate relationships or they pursue an unhealthy relationship with the opposite sex and they say, Danny, it's just physical. Um, based on what God says, it's not physical. It's more than physical. That there was a relationship and that, man, just, you can't separate them. There's a connection that happens. And he says that, he goes, you need to protect your bodies because it's much more than a physical act. It is so much more going on here. And he's trying to tell them that you're having inappropriate relationships with the prostitutes. It's not just a physical act that's going on here. There's a lot more going on here. There's this this connection that goes on. And he, he talks about that. He says, look at what he says in verse 14. God raised the... God raised the Lord and will also raise us up from his power. Do, do not know that your bodies are members of Christ. He says, don't allow yourself to be a part of these things that are physically, I can do these, but you shouldn't. They should be saved for something else. That's a, with a husband and with a wife. And that you can't somehow marry that up with some sort of act of worship. Come on now. I love what Paul said in relation to this in Romans 5, or excuse me, Romans 8, 5 through 8. He said this. He says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds to the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so here, Paul is reiterating that. He's like, look, if you're pursuing flesh, there's no way that you're going to honor God with your life. (coughs) Excuse me. And our physical appetites... And we know this, folks. Our physical appetites can hinder our relationship with God. And it isn't always sexual. It can be physical, food. It can be exercise. It can be a host of things that were meant for good and they get twisted a little bit into bad. So back to verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? That your body is a member of Christ. That you don't, you don't get to do with it whatever you want. That the moment that you walked into a relationship with God, your physical body was meant to honor God. So verse 16. Keep, let's, or let's finish verse 15. Shall I then make the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. He says, if, if, if Christ is part of me, then I'm having this inappropriate relationship with a prostitute in a temple and claiming it to be worship? No. And it's interesting because what Paul does here for the next few moments, verse 16, there's a little phrase, did you not know? Do you know? He is emphasizing, do you know? Don't you know that this isn't going to work? Verse 16. Or do you know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? He's telling us this is so much more than a physical act. Don't, don't claim that it's just physical. There's a, there's a deep relationship that, that happens there. Verse 17. 
but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one with him. He says, when you become joined with Christ, you're one with him. And just in the same way, when you connect with a prostitute, you are one with them. He says, our physical lives, and this is really important, you can't separate your physical life from your spiritual life. They're together. They're woven together. You can't say, I'm gonna, just because I'm old enough, Danny, I can do what I want with my body. Yeah, you can. But there's going to be a time of reckoning. There just is. If you want to eat yucky your whole life, if you want to not, if you want to disregard your doctor, if you want to ignore the clear symptoms of your body, don't be surprised when your doctor goes, um, yeah, you're dying of a heart attack and there's nothing we can do. If you had listened to me 20 years ago, we could do something. And I go back to what my doctor said when he said, I've got a pill for everybody who, who wants to disregard taking care of their body. And I was just like, and when he just rattled them off of all the things that you can do if you want, but there'll be a day of reckoning. And I, and I have to believe that God was going, that's not what I meant for you, that you could just do whatever you wanted with your body because there's a pill to remedy that. We were designed to take care of this. We were we were given, we were caretakers of our bodies. And let me say, I'm, now that I'm 55, um, I, there are things now that I know that I wished I would have just listened and done. Like I didn't, some of you guys, you don't ever go to the doctor. Ever. And there were too many years I didn't even go to the doctor for a regular checkup. Guys are the worst, by the way. Am I right, ladies? You know, all the ladies are going... Guys, I'm going to speak to you for just a second. Regular checkups are not a bad thing. Protect yourselves. Do the right thing and go get a checkup. Go get your blood pressure checked. Make sure you're in good health. Because you don't want to go, wow, I can't believe this happened to me. God's going, man, take care of what I've given you. That's why we have doctors. That's why you have an opportunity to get well. My wife, it was funny because this is so true. Uh, Talia got the flu and then gave it and I, I got it from her and and so on on Saturday afternoon I could sense it was coming on like a tidal wave and on Sunday after church I went home and I was death warmed over and my wife and and she goes don't you think you ought to go to the doctor and get checked yeah I should but I don't want to and so the next day, guess who made an appointment to see the doctor? And in my great wisdom, I said, you know, I probably should have done this yesterday. And she just looked at me like, I am wise beyond my years. <laughs> she was right, but I didn't want to go do, let me just tell you, starting on Tamiflu 24 hours prior would have made last week a whole lot easier. Am I right? It just would have. But in my stubbornness and in my didn't want to moment, I didn't. And so it took me longer because it had, its, it had already kind of settled in. We had a grand old time. And so we, that idea that you're, man, take care of what God's entrusted to you. Man, church life is, we don't, 
everybody's aware when somebody doesn't take care of themselves. And, we're, and when everybody goes, man, I, yeah, I wish they'd have just taken care of themselves. We don't ever say anything. Well, I'm saying something to you. Take care of yourself. Take care of what God's given you. Honor Him. I'm not, and, and here, please hear me. I'm not talking about everybody go sign up at the DRC tomorrow. No, t- take care of yourself. You know what that is. Sleep, eat, what you put in what you withheld from. You can't eat Oreo cookies all day long and slurp on Mountain Dew. It's not good. I mean, I know. Some of you are going, you can't? No, you can't. And, and Paul is saying, man, there's this physical body that, man, take care of what God's entrusted to you. Take care of it. And he says, verse 16, do you not know that those who are joined with a prostitute become one with her, for it is written, the two shall become one flesh. For he who is joined to the Lord becomes one with the Spirit. Look at what he says in verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. Now for some of you, you go, well, Dan, that's not a problem for me. No, then just put your flee as food. Or the fact that you just watched hours of TV. You might need to flee something else. It might be sexual immorality, but it could also be something else. So don't go, well, Danny, that doesn't apply to me. No, just think about what it is that you need to flee from. Maybe, maybe you need to go home and, oh, man, I need to flee. Those, man, those Cheez-Its are, yeah, I need to do something about those things. How many of you got your, there's a favorite food, that it's, it's your go-to. How many of you got your go-to food? Okay, help me out. What's your go-to food? Donuts. Donuts, Chipotle. Oh. Pizza. Pizza. French fries. French fries. Gummy bears, oh my goodness. <laughs> Could you hear I was talking to the teenagers? <laughs> what about here? What's your go to food? Beans what? Beans and cornbread? Peanut butter? Ice cream? Chocolate? Cheetos by the bag? Did you say lobster? You and my wife need to stay as far apart as possible. About over here, what? Chips. Chips. Isn't it funny? Think about when you, when either a really good day or really bad day. Do you tend to go to those what I call comfort foods? Yeah. You know, you could have a really bad day, man. You're, you know, uh, my doctor calls it mindless eating, and he taught me something really valuable. He says if you're going to eat those things, which you certainly can do, don't take the bag, get a cup. Now, some of you are going, what's your point? I'm just going to keep getting up. Well, at least you're getting exercise. <laughs> Am I right? See, you put the chips as far away as possible. And don't get the big cup either. I'm going to go out of those 44 ounces from Quick Trip. I'm going to solve Danny's problem. <laughs> it, but it's just little things that I learned that man, taking care of, of, you want me to be as healthy as possible, right? And, but, you know, if I gain 40 pounds, not a one of you go, man, Dan, you put on some tonnage. But you would, you would go, you would be quietly concerned. Am I right? You would be. Now, if I put it on and I look like Arnold Schwarzenegger from the 70s, you'd be like, okay, that's pretty cool. But when I put it on and it comes down here, do the math. We should want people that we love and that we care about, that, that they've got this one body to take care of and take care of it. And verse 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit with, within you? That means that Christ is in you to take care of what God's given you. Whom you are from God. 
And I love what he says. He says, you are not, I love, look what Paul says in verse, the last part of 19. He says, you are not your own. He says, when you entered into a relationship with me, I'm, you're, you're mine. And you don't get to do with your body whatever you want anymore. You need to treat it with respect. You need to take care of it. You need to get rest. You need to sleep. Sometimes you need to say, I need some margin. Brad's going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. That some of you have no ability to say no. And you just keep adding to your plate. And you're just frazzled and you're worn out. And you can't shut down at night. And your mind wanders and runs. And you don't fall asleep till 2 in the morning. You woke up at 6 and you go to work. And that's become your life. We are called to take care of this. And that's sleep. It's eat. It's rest. It's exercise. It's so many things. You are to take care of this. He says, you're not your own. Paul says, you're not, you don't get to just do whatever you want anymore. Look at what he says in verse 20. You were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. He's, he's like, man, you were bought at a price. He goes, you don't, you don't, back in his time, can you imagine that the church was having this, this big prostitution thing going on? And it was, then somehow they were marrying it with worship. And it's like, ah, uh, no, you, you're part of God's family. You don't get to do those things. Those things are dishonoring they're disrespectful and they're not, they have no part in the church. And he says, you were bought because you're mine. You, get, you don't get to choose how you live your life anymore. So glorify God with your body. Take care of it. And if you're taking notes, I, I, I would say a couple things. I call it temple life. That your body is a temple of God. Watch what comes into the temple, folks. Watch what comes into your temple. What are you putting into your temple? There's nothing wrong with going and eating some crazy stuff sometimes. Just make sure that it's not a regular occurrence for you. Make sure that you're getting reasonable rest. Make sure you're, you're, you're dialing away from things that keep you up at night so you don't sleep as well. Watch what comes into your temple. And this, this could tie to last week just as well. That... The renewing of your mind and Romans 12, 1 and 2, that this could apply there as well. Watch what comes in. What, what are you putting in? You know, you can get obsessed by what you see on TV about weight loss and about how you should look and all those. And I'm not saying that there's a value to all those things. But man, when you make those the most important things, it becomes unhealthy. So watch what comes in your temple. Take care of what God's given you. And the last thing I would say is this. Remember it, was, remember it was bought at a cost. And the outflow should be lived out with a humble awareness. There should be a humble awareness that it was bought at a cost. And that we have this one body that we get to live for God. And that we should take care of it. And I know that everybody ages. I know. I'm, I, I, I can attest to that. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't take care of it. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't do everything I can to make sure I stay in a place where I can, God can use me and I can honor God with myself. And I'm like you. I like to eat. Whenever I know that Lila's fixing rolls on Wednesday nights, man, I'm signing up for three. Uh, I, I'm just saying. I mean, you know. But I, I don't do that every week. If she did, I'd be in big trouble, by the way, because bread is just a weakness for me. But this idea that watch what comes in your temple 
And remember that you were bought at a cost and that we are to honor God with our lives. We are to honor Him. I, and, you know, you can say, well, Danny, I, I'll do that when I'm, you know, as teenagers were really good. Because I remember when I was, I was a teenager, I could eat whatever I wanted. And I could eat twice as much and I didn't gain, gain a single ounce. Do you remember those days? Remember those days? Yeah. <laughs> those days were amazing. You could eat and eat and eat. I'm a, when I was a teenage boy, the thing that we looked for is how much pizza, how many, what kind of, how much buffet, how much does it cost? Where are we going? Where's the buffet? Because it was, it was uh, Godfather's, it was Pizza Inn, Pizza Hut, and they had two other places growing up here. It was called Applegate's Landing and Daniel's Landing. Any of you been around Wichita long enough to remember those places? And let me just tell you, and then when, was it Daniel's Landing or Applegate's that was in Town East? Applegate's was in Town East, and across from there was a place called Farrell's, which was an ice cream parlor. That was, I mean, as a teenager, it was heaven. Because you went and got pizza, and you went across the hallway to this ice cream parlor that served eight zillion kinds of ice cream in eight zillion different ways. Am I right? It was the best. Well, first off, I can't do either one of those anymore. But the idea is that moderation push away. I'm done. I've had enough. I'm, I'm good. I've, I've, I'm taking care. I'm going to take care of this. I was talking to one of my church members today. You know, they're making adjustments in their lifestyle. And it's amazing how much better you feel, how much energy you have. And your let me just tell you, your self-image shifts. And God's like, okay, now we're getting on a healthier track. Because I know this, that when you're focused on all that's wrong about you, you spend less time focusing on all the things about God. When you look at yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. I need to drop that. I need to get in the gym. I need to eat better. I look at my refrigerator and I've got all this junk. And, you're in, and all those things, and those things have merit. But what all those things tend to do, and I know this from experience, is they tend to take your focus off of your relationship with God. Am I right? I've been there. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You look at, you look at yourself and you're like, oh my goodness. How did I let myself get here? And then you beat yourself up and you get self-loathing and all that other stuff. And then it becomes all about this bucket and never about that bucket. And you're so focused on that 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 gets hijacked. Or you just stop caring. Just take steps. Just take steps. Take little baby steps. You'll be fine. But we are bought at a price. We are to honor God with our lives. That our physical buckets really matter. I, I, you know, I want to be as healthy as I can for my wife and for my daughter and to be your pastor. And that requires intentionality. It does. It does. And it does the same for you. Paul Tripp said this. He said, representing the king means you represent his methods, his message, his methods, and his character. When we represent the king... We represent all of that. And one of those things is to take care of what He's entrusted to us. And it's important that we take care of it. And it might require you to make some seismic steps. It might require you to go, you know, I haven't called the doctor. And I need to call. And I've not had a checkup in a year. And I need to go. It might be that you need to just... There's some things that have crept into your cupboards and pantries that weren't there a year ago. And you need to, okay, God... You know, maybe it's quiet time. Maybe it's whatever it is. I'm just not getting good sleep. I need to start dialing back some things. You know your bodies. You know yourself. 
but you are called to take care of that. Let's pray. Father, we are, we are, we are people who have a wide range of appetites. And appetites were designed for good things, but oftentimes they get twisted into things that aren't so good. And I pray for us this morning, God, that we would recognize that our bodies, this is the only one we get, and that we are to honor you with them. We are to take care of them. We're in this journey for the long haul, and I pray that we would um, be aware of what we put in, what we withhold, things we do to it, good or bad. And I pray, God, that we would honor you because our bodies were bought at a price through what your son Jesus did for us. I pray, God, that we would not abuse or neglect our bodies. That whether it's physical rest, whether it's changing what we eat, maybe it's sleep, maybe it's exercise, maybe it's pushing away from the table and saying, I just can't take a third helping, nor should I. Maybe it's stopping something that we just, we like it so much that to give it up now would be, might be an addiction. Type of food, a drink. Because I'm reminded that whenever I've given up something that I really, really, really liked, man, my cravings for that seem to intensify for a season. I pray for some in this room, God. Father, they just need to reconnect with you. They've spent so much time focusing on all that's wrong about them physically that they've lost sight of their, their relationship with you. And I pray that you might rekindle that within this morning. Father, at the end of the day, you've called us to honor you with our bodies. It's not a, a suggestion, it's a command. And I pray that we would do that well. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. This is an altar we often use.